The Ziggler Show comes from the legacy of Zig Ziggler and brings together personal and professional growth, business success, and faith. Hey everyone, I'm Kevin Miller. In this episode, own your goals personally. I mean, what you want is often not what you truly want. It's based on a cultural or even personal expectation, but in truth is not really a core desire you honestly have for yourself. And many of our goals we take on just because, just because of the norm. And you're expected to, you know, buy a home, have a nice car, live a certain style, work a certain type of job or start a business or make a certain amount of money, of course. Well, in today's social media culture, we get indoctrinated with the expectations of our culture like never before. So when you audit your goals, that is a primary foundational question. Are they truly yours or somebody else's, the cultures, your parents, your spouse, families, friends? So I play a one minute clip from Zig Ziglar where he asks us this question. And then I posted uh, this question to the Ziglar audience. Have you ever pursued anything for the wrong reasons? Well, Tom Ziegler and I talked through the comments with most who replied being those who had, in fact, pursued goals that were not really theirs. I mean, this topic right there is a foundation of my new podcast, which I officially launch right here and now in this episode. It's the Motive Podcast. The focus is just that, our motives, what we want, we discern by clarifying why we want it. That's how we do it. Our reasons for wanting what we think we want, what we say we want. You can find the Motive Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also find all my shows now at kevinmiller.co, including the videos, which you can find on YouTube as well at kevinmiller.co. Actually, you can find us everywhere now, social media and otherwise, at kevinmiller.co. All three podcasts, The Ziggler Show, The True Life Podcast, and now Motive, which is really gearing up to be my flagship podcast. So here's what you can find in those other podcasts and some relevant resources for you. Then I'm going to queue up this one minute message from Zig Ziglar and then Tom Ziglar and I are going to get into your comments and this all important issue. The first question is this really my goal? Do I really want to drive a new Lincoln or a Lexus or whatever? Is that what I really want? Or do I want to get one because that sucker down the street's got one? And if that dude can get one, I can get me one too. Do I want to go to this university because it's the best university for me to get exactly what I want to further my career? Or do I want to go there uh, because a good friend of mine is going and, you know, we want to go to the same school? You need to ask yourself the question, is this really my goal? We've got a lot of preachers and plumbers and lawyers and doctors and CPAs and other people who are not nearly as good as they could be because they're not doing what they really wanted to do. Their parents, their grandparents, their preachers, their professors had said, you ought to be this. And without really giving it any further thought, somebody else has just set their goal. Is this really my goal? Well, Tom, as I put on the title, even here of, uh, on Facebook, as people are watching live, I put honest motive, but the question that we posted, and this was in response again to Zig's, uh, his, his, uh, segment on why are you going in essence after that goal? Once you state the goals, understanding, is it really your goal? So I asked our 
Ziegler show podcast audience. Have you ever pursued anything for the wrong reasons? And I came at it from a negative approach because I think we generally think, well, gosh, any goal that we put out there, it's something we want, you know, and, and it makes sense. And yet what we see in hindsight, a lot of times is, oh, that's not actually what I wanted to go after, or I went after it, but I went after it for the wrong reason. Sometimes we hear that old adage of you climb the ladder of success only to find you had it leaning against the wrong building. And it is somewhat of that. And Tom, that is, as you know, uh, I'm, I'm working on a book right now and it is on motive. It is on the reasons behind what we're going after. So this is in essence, being aware of those things that we're going after, the goals we're going after, but knowing, do we really know why we are? And, and then further, I'll say, and then once we're clear on that, are we in agreement? Because Tom, that's my story. I have a long checkered past of highs and lows because there were some things I was going after and I either didn't really know exactly why or I, well, well, I didn't know exactly why. Sometimes I was just vague. I hadn't, I hadn't clarified anything or I was being driven by something I wasn't very aware of. I bet that's never happened to you, right? <laughs> You know, I'm pretty sure that's never happened to me or any of our listeners here today. I was just thinking back, what have been my motives? Uh, I remember there was one thing that I pursued just because I thought it was, you know, I was going to be a millionaire in three months. Mm -hmm. Anybody ever done that? Well, I, how did that turn out? Yep. Yep. I did. I, was already, <laughs> I, I already spent the money, man, I, at least in my head. And yeah. Yep. And then there's a couple of things I pursued because somebody uh, told me, hey, you should go do that. And a couple of those didn't pan out. A couple of them did. And the difference was their motive and the relationship I had with them. And then there's been things along my life that I've pursued that, gosh, I'm glad I did. I've grown so much because of it. And the motive in those cases was aligned. Yeah. Alignment is a word I love is again, looking at what we think we want, setting it up out, out there and then understanding our motive, our reason behind it and having those be in alignment. And that was really, again, it's a big premise for the book I'm writing. Tom is realizing that I, even as the guy who was driven, that's what I was known for driven, being driven. Why I was, I just often did not know where I was driving, but man, we are going fast. You know, <laughs> where are we going? I don't know, but we're ahead of schedule. Uh, <laughs> so that yeah, yeah. I talk about that in the seminars, I'd say, yeah. Hey, if you're going to pedal like crazy, make sure you're pedaling in the right direction. With, uh, we yeah. just we just got a comment in from Les, and he's and I had this happen too. Uh, he said hey, he, his motive was to keep someone else happy, and he figured out, wait a second, you can't do that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. We all have ownership of our own happiness, mm -hmm. and we can't take that responsibility. Uh, I was on yeah. earlier with with a, with a uh, an individual who's a, is a sports performance coach, and. She, I, I said, hey, we have check-in calls with our coaches. And she said, well, I don't like check-in calls. You know, we, talk, we call them action calls. And she said, because we want to have ownership on that person, not us checking in on them. Yeah. We want them contacting us. So the motive and how it even derives is so powerful. It is. And that's what the root of this show is today. And, you know, start right off the bat, a couple of the comments came in. Vincent, he said, man, I'd have to think on that and choose one. Uh, what's the saying? You spend the first half of your life breaking things and the second half making things right. 
Uh, Brandon Russell right after that says women, business, ideas, stocks, you name it. I think we've all done this. The key is recognizing and not doing it again. And, you know, Tom, for me, this came out of thinking about my adult kids who are around the age of your adult kid, uh, Alexandra, and looking and going, man, I, 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 ho- I would hope for you guys to get clear on what it is you actually want and to know why. I think there are a few things that will serve you better and help you not spend decades as I did being unaware and just, again, just driving, just driving and then being surprised sometimes where you end up. Uh, Steve uh, Gallagher's here. He says, man, it's a long story. This is really interesting. For 30 years, I pursued a career as a superstar recording artist, thinking it's what I really wanted. After years of struggle, turmoil, big highs and super lows, witnessing abuse, assault, theft and corruption, being propositioned and put in compromising situation, all in pursuit of the fame and fortune that comes from being on the world's biggest musical stages. I came to realize that it's not what I wanted at all. What I wanted was love, respect and admiration. And I found it. And I, I responded back and said, wow, Steve, I didn't know about, I know Steve somewhat, but I said, I didn't know all that about you. So would you say that you weren't pursuing it for the art, uh, but for what you wanted to, or in what you wanted to impart to others at the time? And he says, well, not exactly. I was certainly focused on the art and became the best professional I can be. The difference is my motivation and the driving force was rooted in the desire for love and admiration and respect. It's much like someone choosing a business or career for the money. You do the things to become proficient in that business or career. And when you get the money, you find you are still unhappy and unfulfilled and then realize that you were there not because you love doing the things but because of what the thing offered to you. And in the end, it's always the wrong reason. I I love that ending statement right there. I wasn't doing it for the thing, for the love of it, for the purpose of it, for the value of it. I was doing it for what it offered me. But Tom, I want us to hold that right there because I mean, it's not like none of us are going to go after something and do it 100% altruistically. Nobody's going to work that I know of today absolutely to work for free. I mean, we do want something. We do want those but we got to find out, right, how to hold those in the balance. Is that the only driving force is, well, in his, that sense, you know, the paycheck or the applause? Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> that comment is all about self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times there is something that's happened in our past that we're trying to satisfy. And it's basically a hole that we can never fix with the next accomplishment. Uh, I was on a I was on a webinar this week with Kenny Weiss, and he and he mentioned that every fear that we have comes out of one of three places: the fear of inadequacy, the fear of powerlessness, mm-hmm. and the fear of rejection. Hmm. And so I saw one of our Facebook comments on sales, and if our ultimate fear is rejection, well, one of the ways that we can overcome that is to be accepted. Mm-hmm right? Is we can win the deal, we can win the sale, but they mentioned on the question, hey, wait a second, I'm getting burned out. Well, when you get burned out, that's when the object, when the object, you know, the rejection outweighs the benefit, right? The, the, the squeeze isn't worth the juice, as my dad used to say. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem is it's always going to be that way until we fix the underlying situation, which is, wait a second, I'm worthy whether I make the sale or not. I'm worthy whether my album goes number one and I get the fame and fortune or it doesn't. 
So the act of doing it doesn't make me worthy, right? That's an intrinsic thing that we have to understand yeah, and accept. That's big. And then, and then somebody else said on the on there that, hey, wait a second, you know, even when we pursue something and we're not clear on the motive and it's we get our fingers burned, right? It doesn't work out. We still learn a lot from it. And absolutely 100%. And that's another self-aware comment because if I can look at any situation with a growth mindset, with the idea that, you know what, it's not about doing it perfect. It's about learning as I go and becoming the person God created me to become. Yeah. That's the goal. That's a huge statement. I mean, I appreciate you starting off with fear and if people hear that and it sounds you know negative. I mean, we just know that we know the stats on that from behavioral psychology that we as humans are far more unfortunately driven by fear than we are by desire. Pain is the number one thing that makes us take action. And I think our maturity, our pursuit of maturity, I know mine is to do more things out of a healthy desire before the pain hits but that's, it's good to know that we are, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, I mean, if, right now, if you, if you want to question the theory, just go look at the headlines at USA Today or CNN right now. All you will see is negativity and pain because that's what gets our attention. If it bleeds, it leads. That's right. It's been that way forever. I don't expect in those headlines, at least that it will change. Frank here, he says, and I want to spend a minute on this one, Tom. Frank, he says, anytime that I chased a deal for the money and did not follow my gut, uh, I ran into problems. Now I turn deals down. I don't want much happier and it has to align with my priorities. So Tom, I'm going to put this to you a couple of different ways. I mean, one from a sales standpoint, uh, we talk about that a lot. I mean, Ziegler is one of the biggest brands in sales ever on planet earth. And Secrets of Closing the Sale, one of the biggest, best-selling business books, period, but definitely on sales ever. And folks, if you have not read Secrets of Closing the Sale, as Zig Ziglar famously said, everyone is in sales. This is a book that everyone needs to read. My kids will be reading it. Uh, some of them have, some, the rest of them will. But in that, to sell authentically and to care for the other person, you've got to have walkaway power. So we, we've all, we talk about that a lot and we're going in there not to just make the sale at all costs and get our commission, but to see it, does this really align back to that word with the person's need? Uh, okay. So we can talk about that, but even there, you know, somebody can say, yeah, man, if you're in survival mode, can you really do that? So we can hit that, you know, over here though, I also, Tom, want to hold the person who is working a job right now at a survival mode to put food on the table and to keep the lights on, it's not a job they care about. It may be a job that they absolutely hate and loathe, but they're doing it to put food on the table. And I want to, I want to say whoever's doing that, man, that is valiant and honorable for a time. It's not a place you want to stay, but for a time. So I don't want to diss that entirely, but you don't want to stay there forever because we're never going to see the best of you and nobody is going to. But on that, Tom, money, I mean, talk about another driver. We talked about fear and pain. I mean, money right there. How many of our decisions in the workplace, the directions we go, the careers we pursue, the businesses we try to build are based on the need that we all do have, just like air. We do need money. It's a hard one. I, I, I guess I'm just wanting to 
commiserate with. This is a sensitive spot for folks. I understand when it comes down to money, it's a hard decision sometimes. Yeah, and especially right now, uh, I've come up with a new term. It's not really a, a brand new term, but I've kind of adapted it over. We've all heard of the golden handcuff. Yeah. And what it is is, you know, I, you know, I'm don't, I don't really care what I'm what I'm doing right now. I don't really like where I work. I don't like my responsibility, but they're paying me so much money. I just can't afford to leave. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that the pandemic has done is it has revealed that while we thought we had golden handcuffs, they're really steel handcuffs, <laughs> meaning the deal we have isn't that sweet. It's not that secure. Mm-hmm. My job's been changed around. I don't know if the organization is still going to be there when I go back. And this has had people reevaluate their motive. Yeah. Right. And so what does that mean? It means that, wait a second, if I was built, created, made for, have gifts and talents, and they're not being used and appreciated and deployed in the appropriate way, what I'm doing now, and life is not secure. And by the way, life is not secure. We all, you know, we think that it is, but, but all it takes is a little virus nobody can see to let us know, wait a second, life isn't as secure. And so people are digging deep into, well, what is it? What is my purpose? What is my why? Because if our motive drives us towards our why, our purpose, then there's a lot different level of fulfillment. Now, this is what I'll say. I would never advise somebody to abandon ship, forego all money and search your why if you don't know what it is. In fact, what a great strategy, uh, as John Acuff says, to work on your day job while you're building and creating your dream job. And that is a great strategy. And then what if you took whatever you're doing right now and you said, wait a second, this isn't, this is a grind. It's not what I was made for, but I have to have the money. What if you flip that opportunity and you said, you know what, while I'm doing this job, I'm going to serve every person. I'm going to honor God in the process. I'm going to meet everybody's need, whether they're, you know, they might be a customer or a prospect or on our team while I hunt for the perfect thing for me while I create the perfect thing for me. And what happens is something mysterious. It elevates your game because now you've changed the why of what you're doing right now to serving those around you to the highest level, even though you may not particularly enjoy the work that you're actually doing, that creates a different atmosphere around you And suddenly these opportunities will start to appear. What's really a tragedy is when you see somebody working in something for the money that they don't enjoy and they're bitter in the process. Yeah. Because you're doing two things. You're limiting your lifespan with the job you do have and you're limiting the opportunities of a new of a new job. So, yeah, it, I get it completely. You know, dad said this. He said, he said, I have no uh, great need to be wealthy, but I have a great need not to be poor. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? So that's that pain. And so, hey, if you're in the grind because that's what you got to do, 
go all in 100% attitude, effort, and skill while you create and build your dream job. You are listening to The Ziggler Show and this episode on owning your goals. As rich as this show is right now, it's a teaser compared to my new podcast, Motive, which we will be shamelessly promoting because it's really the heart of what I want to give to you guys. It's what I have learned by sitting at the feet of the world's greatest influencers all these years and seeing that thing they seem to have that we often miss. They know what they want and they understand the motives behind it. That is what makes it clear. And that's why they achieve what they achieve. You can find motive in Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. You can find all the shows and now the videos, everything at kevinmiller.co. And you can find me there on all the social media now as well. Next in this show, I read a comment from a guy who joined us on Facebook during the live airing of this show, which we're now going to be doing at Facebook at kevinmiller.co, airing all the shows live. And he said, purpose also births motives. When people don't have a true purpose, our motives are given to us, not chosen by us. That was profound. We repeated it a couple times. It became kind of the anchor of the show. Tom and I, of course, dove into it, and we'll, you'll hear what we had to say after I share some resources right now, I think, that will be relevant for you. There you go. Wise words from Tom Ziegler. Hey, you know, I mentioned a quote or a reply back from Brandon Russell, and he's in Facebook right now on the Facebook Live, and he posted this, purpose also births motives. When people don't have a true purpose, our motives are given to us, not chosen by us. That goes right to what you said, Tom. Ooh, yeah. When, that's quotable. When people yeah. don't have a true purpose, our motives are given to us, not chosen by us. That's tweetable right there. That is tweetable right there. You know, it made me even think of my kids. You know, you've got, I mean, everybody's had, or everybody who's had a kid who becomes of the age to go get a job, right? Well, they don't have any big transferable skills. So they're generally going to go get your basic minimum wage job. They're going to work at the fast food place or doing some kind of manual labor type thing or whatnot. But most people, even me in the little bitty town that I live in, there's multiple places to go get a, you know, low end job. And my statement to them is let's start now. You can right now go get something, working somewhere at something you do not care about. You may not even believe in a whole lot, but just get that job that'll pay you uh, the basic minimum wage. Or you can go get that at some place that you actually like. What's a place that you would like? Well, dad, I, I really like ice cream. There's an ice cream shop. You can probably get a deal on all the ice cream you can eat, gain a few pounds, you know, or man, I really love movies. We got a little movie theater. Go apply there. You know, I, man, I like music. Man, there's a music shop or a radio station. I mean, again, just giving our kids the thought to do that is so uncommon. It's such common sense. You would think that is so uncommon. We just say, hey, just go get someplace that will pay you. And that's the perspective that we often have in our culture. And now we have people in their 40s and 50s still doing that wherever they can just get the best deal, pay, benefits, whatever. That's where they go. We don't put at the forefront at least have it be something you just care about. We talk a lot and we have in many shows talked about working at something that you have a passion about, that you have a purpose about, that you just enjoy. I mean, again, you can come to different levels, even if it's not the end all to everything that you think of, you're not saving the planet with your work. Is it at least something where you like the product, the service is something you would buy on your own. 
You're happy to see people get a smile on their face when they see that movie or buy that thing or whatever. Boy, it's just so powerful. And yet, again, I'm going to read it one more time. Brandon, you're famous now. When people don't have a true purpose, our motives are given to us, not chosen by us. Man. All right, Dennis here. He says, that's, that's a tricky question, Kevin. The rearview mirror will always counsel where better decisions should have been made. But where those were those clear at the time? The heart of the question is, and this is his statement, is did you ever intentionally ignore wisdom in pursuit of a fleshly desire? I think anyone who has abused a credit card, drank too much, or entered a relationship with a person of troubled character has done this. These poor decisions happen frequently for some, and sometimes they start minor and grow into life-sucking traps that are painful to get rid of. I've definitely erred many times, but Romans 8.28 has faithfully bailed me out. There's a couple things in there, Tom. Uh, Right off the bat, I, I mean, that... You know, I, I do agree. Have we ever intentionally, have I in, in, intentionally ignored wisdom in pursuit of a fleshly desire? Sometimes. My, my personal experience with me and a lot of good meaning, well-meaning people is that often they were just ignorant though. It wasn't that they necessarily looked at, hey, good wisdom. They were given good counsel. They just didn't get any counsel. They just went after it and did it. And we did it because we needed a job. We needed an opportunity. It looked shiny. We went after it. We had good intent. We had good heart, but we were just ignorant. I, you know, what's the scripture? We, my people die for a lack of knowledge. And it's so true. And we, we give ourselves and other people credit for knowing, being aware of more than we actually do. And it's so, again, back, this is part of my story of just drive, drive, drive. And then looking back and going, I cannot believe Tom that I didn't really think and ponder hard about where am I going? And even if I knew and said something, then to ask the question, okay, do I know why I'm doing it? Do I know the reason? I, I, again, I'm astounded. And, and I do, my experience, you tell me if yours is different, is that there's probably more that comes just from that, just from a, I'm a, I like the word ignorance. It doesn't mean stupid. It's just without, I didn't have knowledge. I wasn't aware uh, that they go awry for ignorance more so than actually you know, the prodigal son kind of story and, and really bucking against rebelling against good wisdom. Yep. hundred percent agree. Uh, and today, unfortunately, when it comes to teaching and training and wisdom, we're weak on it as a culture. Uh, there's a great quote by GK Chesterton. Mm-hmm. He says, before you pull up a fence post, know why it's there in the first place. Mm pretty powerful. Yeah. So I'm, I'm listening to this book. Uh, I think it's going to be maybe my one in the top five of all books I've ever read when I get done. With it. It's, it's amazing. It's called morality by Jonathan Sachs. Jacks. Let me, let me read it up. Okay. Jonathan Sachs. And he, in the, in the first part of the book, he talks about the, the history of, you know, Western culture and the, and the Greeks and all these different things. And basically the question he's trying to answer is, man, how did we get in this mess that we're in culturally? Yeah. yeah. Right. What is the, what's the breakdown? And he goes on this history and he talks about in Jewish tradition, you know, in Genesis, it's marriage, right? The, the, the covenant of marriage was created. Well, then he looks at it from an anthropological scientific side And he says, back then, the power structure was really simple. If you had wealth, there was polygamy. 
you you expressed your wealth by the amount of kids that you had and this marriage covenant was this idea that uh, anybody could claim a relationship and create a legacy and build wealth it was actually one of the revolutionary things that happened in the economy and so here's the interesting thing people think the new morality comes and says hey you know what the family unit's overrated uh, you know, marriage is what it is, but if you don't want marriage, that's a good thing too. And what they're really doing is they're giving up a huge ability to create a legacy, to take control of their own destiny because they're no longer, uh, now they're at the whim of everybody else. And so it's a, it's a really interesting thing. And so when we hear wisdom, we think, well, you know, that worked for you, but it won't work for me. And I, and I read a book uh, last year, and it said this. The older the wisdom, the more likely it's true. Why? Because it's had generations and centuries to prove itself a truth or a lie. Hmm. And so when you get quoted something as a wisdom statement, from 500, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 years ago, pay attention. Yeah. It has survived that long mm -hmm. because it's probably true. And so to do the opposite has all these domino effects. And so that comment about, you know, choosing a path against wisdom, yeah, I think it's partly ignorance. We weren't told the right way in the first place. And second, it's partly because our culture teaches lies and we choose to believe the lie yep yep well we choose to uh let me go back to his 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 statement brandon i'm going to keep he's he's still watching us on facebook here when people don't have a true purpose our motives are given to us not chosen by it so we could say our motives are chosen for us not by us to what you just said Big medicine. Okay. I want to point out though, Dennis ended citing Romans 828. And I'm going to come back to that because this is episode 828. And I'm just going to go with it. There's some purpose for that. Okay. But I'm going to come, I'm going to come back to it. Hold on. When, Wendy here, she says, Kevin, I started to draw in drafting in high school and getting a, uh, a degree in architecture and interior design, all because in 1992, I went to visit my cousins in Texas and my favorite cousin said he was going to college to be an architectural developer. I wanted to be like him. So I went down a similar path. My drawing skills became pretty good over time with practice as they would with almost anybody, but it wasn't my natural gifting. My natural gifting is building relationships and sales. Uh, could I have used my educational knowledge from college to do something in that realm? Yes, but getting into that side of the industry is tough. And after hindsight, and uh, I saved myself a lot of stress due to the ups and downs from the economy. Who knows where I would be now if I had followed the path the Lord originally planned for me instead of going down uh, the path of uh, man. However, all that being said, I know the Lord uses everything for his righteousness and good. Where I, where I am today, I believe he prepared me uh, through the path I chose. I would not have my kids. Um, uh, if I hadn't gone this path and, and she goes down to talk about it, but she mentioned that statement again of, well, one, I wanted to point out just that how many people went after a college degree 
because there, I mean, the guy, the guy's, you know, joke is because there's a pretty girl in that line. So I went after the accounting, you know, degree because of that, and it's, it's literally put kids into college and expect them to make a decision what they want to do with the rest of their lives and put all that money behind it. Once they get out, even if they realize this isn't what I want to do, the pressure to take advantage of that investment and be true to that. And mom and dad and all that is high. And we go into these areas uh, that weren't best for us. And again, just, just back to what we said, Tom, ignorance, no ill intent, no stupidity, whatever, but just ignorance in the, in the, the, the directions we go and how far we get down these paths sometimes when we don't really know why we are going that direction is significant. But because she said that statement, I want us to pick on it, Tom, about uh, the Lord uses everything for his righteousness and good. And because Dennis ended with Romans 8.28, which folks, if you're not familiar, uh, most of you, whether you've been in church or not, have probably heard somebody say, and we know that all things work together for good. Or somebody that said, God works all things together for good. Possibly the most misused verse ever out of the Bible. And I think one of the ones that has done the most harm because it goes on to say, for them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Now, if you're not a faith-based person and you're not sure where you line with, with God, you can even just say to those who are really called to good. Is that fair, Tom? I mean, to say that if you are devoted to good, to serving people, to being light in whatever way that you believe. Now, Tom, you know, you and I will actually take this as it relates to God in heaven above uh, in our lives. But again, I'm saying, even if you don't, if you believe that the things, the trials you go through, the hardships, if you actually have, if you have good intent, if you are there to serve and love other people, can those things be redeemed? I think they can if we are really serving the purpose of good and for other people. But man, to take that statement and just to, that comes with a, I think the Bible is an if then book. There's a lot of promises it makes. And it says, you know, if we are seeking God, if we are seeking good. And again, I was going to take the reason that he pulled out Romans 8.28. This is episode 8.28, just to pull that one out because I continue to see that that verse will always be used in a way. And I think people get a little disillusioned when they look back and go, yeah, you know what? That thing never has worked out for good. It did nothing but bad. I, I think we have to look at what our intent is and what wisdom we are following and what clarity we have or awareness we have. I know that's a big, a big sticky area, Tom. You shoot on it if you want to, but it's just one that I, I, I didn't want to let it pass up. Yeah, just a couple of thoughts on that. Uh, I will use this for young people as the generic uh, test group. So young people are either trying to figure out what college or university they're going to go to, or they're trying to figure out what career or what job they're going to go start with. Okay, so let's look at the let's look at both of them. Uh, a lot of times there might be five good universities that you could go to, and they have different strengths and weaknesses. And the challenge that I think people get into is they get paralysis of analysis and they think there's only one choice. They think, hey, if I screw this up, the rest of my life is screwed. That is not it. That's not the way life works. Whichever one you pick, you go all in. And this is what I believe you you become, you grow into the person God created you to become. You honor God's commitments. You do things in the right way. You build relationships on trust and integrity and character. You do all those things right. And then you start taking note. What do I like? What don't I like? And you pay attention to both of those two things and you course adjust. So you can make whatever school you pick the dead center bullseye. 
You can even go into architectural and design because somebody else's motive or desire that wasn't quote unquote purpose driven other than, hey, I want to be with that person. You can take that situation and still magnify that and become successful right where you are. Now, what does that mean? Well, it was interesting because I think the person said they're not very, they're not as creative in drawing and analytical as they are in relationships and people skills. The most successful people I know in the world are architects and engineers and doctors and people who are like, why are you a doctor? Why are you an engineer? Well, here's what happened. They went into it. They did good enough to pass everything. And then they moved over to the people side of that business. They became the interpreters for the architects and the engineers and the doctors. And that has huge value. And so, you know, dad, his life verse was Romans 8, 28. And I think that is a constant renewal living out verse Mm -hmm. where we can take every experience, everything that's happened to us from the eyes of the world, good or bad, (laughs) tragedy, great choice, luck of the draw, huge, huge, uh, terrible moral decision that I made. And we can we can take that information in. And through grace, we can we can look at it through different eyes and, and we can say, you know what, I can learn something from this can benefit me as we go forward. But here's what you can't do. You can never wait for the bolt of lightning to say, here is the mission on stone tablets for your life. Because it, you know, as far as I know, it's come, what, a couple of times in the history of man? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Keep hoping. You got to go. You got to go for the best choice and and go after it. Yep. Yep. I keep waiting for that every once in a while as well. Just let the stone tablet fall and make it so much easier. So yeah, I you know I paraphrase that you know God can work all things. God, God, or God will. God can work all good things. Well, folks, I mean, on this there are so many great posts. But what we're coming down to on this, and this is, again, what, I've, what I'm building my personal platform around because it's such a root issue, is that when we look at what we want, what we think we want, just think about that. Whatever you want, it's what you think you want. Now let's go do the work to figure out, is it really what you want? By asking ourselves the reason, the motive for what, why we want it and understanding that. And then, as you said earlier, Tom, getting our goal, our want, and our motive, our reason in alignment. Boy, I wish I'd have done that a long time ago, but thank goodness God can redeem that stuff, Tom, as I seek his will and make good out of it. Uh, Man, just, again, such a deep topic, Tom. I always learn more when I talk to you about it. Well, there you go, folks. This is powerful. Are your goals your own? It's profound to realize they so often are not. No wonder you're going awry. And then, of course, you're missing the wants, the goals that truly are yours, that could be yours if you clarified what they truly were. Again, this is the focus of my new podcast, Motive, where you filter what you think you want. You filter your goals through your motive, your reasons why you want them. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You'll hear me go through the foundational pieces 
of discerning what you want through your motives. And you'll hear some amazing guests who I have on the show. And we're not sitting there talking about their messages. We are talking about their motives, what motivated them early on, all the way up to what motivates them now, right and wrong. The things that they were motivated for in an authentic and true way and the things where they went awry. Again, you can visit kevinmiller.co to find it all. And that's where you also find me now on all the social media channels like YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Coming up in episode 837, we hit a big topic, a root issue of personal development, and we get deep into aspects of faith as we're talking about our inherent talents and our giftings, the things you just have a knack for or the areas where you may seem superhuman compared to others, or at least some others. But do we really honestly have big talents in us, even if they're hidden? I mean, this is not an easy issue with pithy answers, uh, and we're not going to do it in injustice by acting that way. I have with me as a guest for the show, John Bevere. He's an international speaker, best-selling author, along with his wife, Lisa. Uh, John has really, really big influence and a huge following, and he's got a new book titled X. And that's all I'm going to give you. I honestly think it's an episode everyone is going to want to hear and pass on to others. Till then, thank you as always for letting me walk with you as we inspire our true performance together. Together.